Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. There's a lot going on right now. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, and that was some glory explosion right there, some joy dancing. It was super hot. <laughs> I can say that. I was like, I might have to bring a hoodie. <laughs> it was super hot. I can say that. I was sweating really bad. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man, God's so good. Anyway, one of the things that he was saying, Judy, I taught this to our worship team, but man, like, it's so important. It's almost like, you know, what it truly is, is just knowing we come from this tribe. And before I kick it all off, like, you think, like, what is a tribe? It's basically, in a sense, a tribe is something. The reason why you're part of a tribe isn't because, hey, they have, we all go hang out, we have fun together. It literally, a tribe means you're with the tribe because you believe in the same thing. That's why. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, so we're part of his tribe. Why? Because we believe in Jesus, and we believe what he says is true. That's why we're part of this tribe. So just getting here, so literally everything we talk about is literally because one thing, we believe in it. We believe in it. We believe in it because Jesus came from this tribe, and we believe everything that Jesus has told us, everything that he says in his word or personally, you know, straight up. But yeah, that's why we do this, though. That's why we're part of this tribe, because once again, Jesus came from this tribe. And one of the things we all know, David came from it, Solomon came from it, great people, great examples we can read in the Bible. You know, King Solomon wrote the song of all songs, which means it's better than any other song, honestly, that's what that means. <laughs> Literally, it's the song of all songs. And he came from Judah. He came from a place of intimacy. He came from this spot when it's a revelation of knowing who his God is. And then David, we all know he established the ark back into the city of David. You know, he established it back, made history. The reason why we're worshiping like we are right now is because of King David. He made that, you know, he brought away when it wasn't no longer animals, but it was with a song. It was with playing an instrument. He came from Judah. He understood once again what his God wanted and who his God was. <clears throat> and then Jesus comes along and <laughs> he walks in victory every day of his life. He shows us once again what we can do on earth as it is in heaven and bring victory daily to leopards, everyone around us. And he changed history, literally, and what he came from this tribe called Judah. That's what's a, that's so beautiful. And one of the things, too, is like, I think our, I, was, <laughs> I went to the bathroom, but I think I heard Pastor John say something about like maintaining your victory. If not, I just heard something, but it just came to my heart. But uh, anyway, one thing I love about it is because Saul, we all know King Saul. If you don't know who he was, he was the king before David, and he became super evil, <laughs> super demonic. You know, he was a super villain. Nah, but anyway, he was a, he was a super evil. You know, he you know he was such a he tried to be a good man. You know, but just things kept coming into his life, and it's crazy because once again, it's cool because Saul won battles. Saul, as a king, won battles, but he didn't know how to maintain his victory from those battles. And that's the, so how many times, you know, we can say, hey, man, I got hands laid on me. I receive my victory. But how do you maintain that victory? What do you do to keep walking in that victory when every day you don't need someone just praying for you like that and saying, man, I, the only way I'm going to be joyful is if I come to church. The only way I'm going to be joyful if I see that person lay hands on me. It's like all night I can't even be joyful because no one's here to lay hands on me. You know what I mean? Just not saying we're, we're encouraging each other, yes, but it's just once again, how do we maintain that victory? And we, I'm going to just share some things where we come from this tribe. But once again, David, he was able to maintain every victory that he had. 
not just win a few victories in battle, not just win a few, but it was able to maintain victory when they never lost, literally never lost a battle when David was king. And, you know, Jesus comes, same thing. He never loses a battle. We never do. But Jesus came, went before us to win the, you know, the ultimate battle. And now here we are. <clears throat> so Judah, just some background. Judah, yes, if you didn't know, a lot, some people don't know if you know. But uh, Judah, yes, was, it wasn't just like a tribe of land, but he was also was a person, Jacob's son, birthed by uh, uh, Leah. And it's in Genesis 29, 30, Leah gave birth to Judah. And she said, now I would praise the Lord. And basically it's funny because Leah, her name means weary. So, you know, we all know, you know, weary means, you know, you're getting tired. You know what I mean? You're, you're just weak, tired. And it's just cool because she gave birth to something that lifts off heaviness off of you. And it's praise. You know, she gave birth to this son named praise. And she's like, wow, like I'm not weary no more. Now I can praise. <laughs> I'm not tired and weak anymore. Now I can praise. And, you know, and stuff like that. So, once again, that's just, I believe that's one of the greatest ways to maintain the victory that we have is seriously, once again, just giving God undignified praise. And one of the things, one of the things, uh, what's beautiful about Judah, what he did as, like, you know, before he passed away, he gave, like, and Elena was named after him. But, you know, the person, the Judah, the person, Judah, it's, it's just, it's very just amazing, like what he did and something I believe what God's doing right now in the body, but also maybe in your personal life right now. We see it everywhere in this church, testimony after testimony of how God is bringing restoration to people's lives. We see it in a lot of people. You know, there's somebody that messages like, man, like, you know, family coming together all the time now. It's like, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it really is. You know, just, you know, relationships getting restored, all these things getting restored. And it's just so cool because you read the life of Judah. That's, you can, so many instances when he brought families back together. And like I said, all of this is just a prophetic symbol of how we should live our lives. We live that life of restoration. We live that life of, you know, redemption, bringing something back, you know, something the enemy can steal from us, either physically at your family or just spiritually. You know, you're stealing, we talk, you know, Pastor Nelson, don't let anything rob you from pouring out your praise. You know, whatever the enemy's trying, like you live this heart now, you live this lifestyle, part of a tribe, once again, Jesus, of where I can live now fully restored. I don't have to live half-hearted. I'm restored. I'm whole now. Because of, once again, what Jesus did. So you're part of this tribe. You're, you're literally coming out of this revelation of, like, this is the culture that I live in. Because, like I said, a tribe is they, it's almost, like I said, I'm not trying to say, hey, we're a tribe. We only believe this. No. But what I'm trying to say, that's why it's a tribe of Jews. You, know, you live as a tribe. You know, like I said, you believe what that certain people believe. And so, like I said, the tribe of Judah, we, we're in this tribe now when we literally are living every day in restoration. When we're, when every day we're living restored, we're not saying, Hey, this is, you know, this is broken off of me. I don't have to carry that anymore. Why? Cause I'm fully restored. I'm made whole now the way I'm supposed to be living back in the garden of Eden with total victory. And that's why, why? Cause Judah, we're part of this tribe. That's part of our identity. It's who we, who we are. In Genesis 43, four through five, it says, if Benjamin is with us, we will go down there and buy more food. But if uh, it says, but if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. And it showed like some background to the story. Uh, Benjamin was Joseph's brother, and Joseph now has moved on. You know, he's like you know a leader and all that. But Benjamin was Joseph's brother, and so what happens is Judah is saying right now, he's like, hey, send Benjamin with us because Joseph is saying, I want to see my brother. You can go read it in you know Genesis forty three. You can go read the whole story. But ben, Joseph's like, I want to see my brother. 
Like, you haven't even seen him. I want to see my brother, but it's just a beautiful thing. Again, uh, Judah is a person that says, hey, in a nutshell, I'm going to reunite your brother with you. Because it's just, it's a foreshadowing, it's a prophetic, a prophetic sign of how Judah brings restoration in our life. So now, once again, us, like I said, we're seeing it every day of our lives. We bring restoration to wherever we go. We're going to bring restoration, not just families physically, but literally people back to Jesus. This past, uh, I think it was, I forgot, I think it was like Tuesday night. I was at a gas station. Some of y'all heard this and dude, a guy got wrecked at a gas station. I was putting gas and he literally, his life got restored. You know, he was full of guilt, shame, thinking Jesus did not love him because everything he's done. And just that, just right then and there, his life was restored. And he accepted Jesus into his heart. And he got wrecked by Jesus and touched by the love of Jesus. And why? Because I'm part of a person. I'm part of a person named Jesus. I have a tribe of Judah now. Wherever I go, I bring restoration. Where somebody's life is divided, where they think their life is divided from Jesus, I bring wholeness to them. Because I'm part of this tribe now that literally Jesus went before me and bought that victory for me. So I encourage y'all, understand that. Like literally, just like this, hey, I will go bring Benjamin back. So there's so many people out there that need restoration. They need wholeness. And you can be the person that says, hey, I go bring Benjamin back to you. You know, and I bring Jesus to you, you know. And then, uh, and not just that praise, like I said, Judah does mean praise. <laughs> And praise will kill division in any life and raise up unity. Praise kills division and raises up unity. It truly does. That it's, it's a beauty. Like we always see uh, awesome stories of praise, you know, destroying walls because that's what it does. It really does. It brings any type of division, any divider between you, a family member, or just not that you and a person, the body of Christ, or just you and Jesus. Any divider, it, praise will tear it down. And you live in that lifestyle where literally, once again, this tribe, this name praise, you, it's a lifestyle you live. It isn't just a, hey, you know, it's a, we are, like uh, Justin said, it's not a personality. It's not, you know, it goes way past that. It goes totally past that. It goes from an understanding of who you are and who you belong to. So, yeah. And then it goes on, Genesis 43, verse 34, says, Joseph filled their plates with food. Now we come, you know, fast forward. Now Benjamin's with his brother. He's with Joseph for so long, he has not seen his brother or family, you know. It says, Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. <laughs> I always laugh at that. It's like, man, like five times more food than anybody. It's like, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, you know what you're going to give? 50 nuggets here <laughs> and some 50 chicken nuggets here, man. But it's a beautiful thing again, because once again, like Benjamin, we, we've been literally declaring this, uh, declaring over us and Pastor Karen would literally would just declare, you know, we sing it like how God is building a table in our hearts right now. God is building a table. And, you know, if you don't understand what a table can represent, you know, spiritually, a table is a place where you come and just dine with Jesus. You come as one as a family. And, you know, you come and just fellowship, commune with each other. You know what I mean? Communicate with each other. Share thoughts with one another. That's what a table happens at a table. And once again, this, as this restoration came, a table came also. As restoring and wholeness came to a family, a table was also brought. And that's, that's what's the beauty of it. It was a place now that Joseph and Benjamin, they're eating together freely and just literally communicating, just fellowshipping with one another. And that's what Judah brings us as people. We restore, we restore tables in people's lives. 
we restore it, not just that, also in our personal life. Maybe right now you're like, dude, what's going on? You know, what, what can I do? You know, I pray right now that God's going to restore a table in your life where you can just dine with Jesus every day in your bedroom and get to know who Jesus is on a greater level. Speaking of a, another table, 2 Samuel 9, 7. Amazing story. Amazing, like just, wow. King David, now he's king for a long time. He's been king for a while. This is 2 Samuel. He's been king for so many years now. And uh, to the point when Jonathan's dead, you know, and uh, Saul's passed away, all this stuff. And he talks about, he says, man, like David, if we don't, once again, don't know who Saul was. Saul was a man who tried to murder David every day of his life almost. Like kept the jealous eye on David. He literally just kept trying to do this. And the thing about it, what happened was simply, Sam, I mean, David said, hey, who else? Who literally, who's a family member here that Saul has? Who is a, who's left in the family of Saul? And simply they say it's Saul's grandson. It's like this is the only person here that's left of like Saul's like life, like his family. It was his grandson. And what David does, he didn't say, hey, who's the last person here? Let's just take him out, you know, this, that. But no, what David does in 2 Samuel 9, 7 says, go and get his grandson. Bring him, bring him to my king, to my kingdom. And hey, he's going to eat at the table with me. That's seriously, that is what David says. He says, hey, go get his grandson, and he's going to come to me, and he's going to eat at my table. Pastor Johnny says something beautiful. He was talking about how, literally how David was the king. He was the king, and so his table was, that was the best spot in town. <laughs> it was the best spot to eat in town was at the king's table. It, the greatest foods were brought to him. You know, everything was fresh. You know, everything was just right on, just right then and there fresh. It was at the king's table, and David said, bring this man back to the table and let him eat with me. Why? Because David was living a lifestyle of always restoring things, of always bringing restoration to people's lives. And I pointed this out. If you don't know Saul's grandson, you can read it in 2 Samuel 9. The man was actually crippled. It said he was lame. It says both of his feet were broken. And so it's a beautiful picture because David was just a foreshadowing of showing how Jesus is. Because in Luke, it's in Luke, uh, I believe, 14, 13, Jesus says, don't just invite the rich to your table, but invite the poor, the lame, the shame, all of that. Seriously. He says, you would also invite the lame to the table. And what did David do? He invited the lame to his table. It's just, once again, David just acting just as a beautiful, acting as like his tribe was. Acting the way Jesus was just once again acting. He was truly just acting the way Jesus was. He's like, hey, bring the lame to the table. Hey, bring everybody to the table. Everybody has a spot at the king's table. And that's the kind of tribe we're from. So whenever we go out and evangelize, maybe you go out to your work spot, Walmart, whatever, guess what? You're called to and say, hey, there's a spot for you at the table. There's a spot for you at the king, at the table with Jesus to truly commune with him, man. God, you're so good. Yeah, Amos 19, uh, Amos 9, 14, as we go through this real quick, it just, it talks about the tabernacle of day being restored. You know, it's a place of praise, of worship, the tabernacle of day being restored. And after it says that, it talks about, it talks about, I will bring exile, I will bring my exile people of Israel back from the distant land, and they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them again. Just a perfect picture again, a restoration. It's the tabernacle of David. It's his lifestyle. What does he do? He brings restoration to a place that's ruined, 
to a place that's dead. And he says, no, you're going to live there again. Because sometimes we like to look at lands or even if you go to a church, you like to go to a church and just say, that place is dead. I'm leaving. But God says, no, they're going to hit. It's so cool because he looked, God's looking at this dead land, these dead cities. And he's not like, well, let's just move on somewhere else. No, he says, you're going to live there again. It's a beautiful thing because once again, it's restoration. It's about bringing restoration to a place that's dead. Not just looking and saying it's dead. Let's move on. But he literally is saying, you're going to live in them again. And that sometimes that's what happens. And, you know, David could have just walked away from his relationship with Saul. He could have said, man, Saul's out of my life. I'm, I'm out of that drama, dude. I'm gone, dude. I'm, I'm done with that drama. <laughs> I'm done with that person that kept gossiping about me. I'm done with him spreading lies around the city about me. But what did he do? He found the only family of Saul and brought restoration back and restored family again. And that's just what David does, and that's what we do. We just don't run from problems. We just don't run from things, but we look at stuff and say, you know what? That can be rebuilt. There can be life in that relationship again. They can bring life in that family again. They can bring life back in this person that says, man, how can God love me? Just like that man at the gas station. How can God love me? I've done so many mistakes. How can he love me? No. (laughs) God wants to live in you again. He wants to be in your heart right now. It's just beautiful, man. (laughs) And I love how one of the things we were talking about today during praise and worship, I'm just going to move on, is... uh, Knowing who we are in Judah, it's a beautiful thing. Just knowing who we are is uh, <clears throat> the thing that comes with it also is the, is the governmental authority that we have, but also the warfare that we walk in. I'm not just a huge person that talks a lot about warfare because, you know, it's just, it's just the fact that Jesus has bought it for us. But sometimes now as people, we do sometimes have to go and take the land. You know, we do sometimes have to go and wherever you're at, a workplace, take your workplace. Whatever you do, sometimes have to step out and truly be obedient to God to see God, his government reign in that area. And that and so cool because if you read the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, uh, <clears throat> every time there was a battle, every single time when God's people were going to go into battle, every single time what happened was simply that God said, hey, Send Judah first. Every single time he was saying, send Judah first. And there's seven Hebrew words of praise. I taught them before. If not, they're on our podcast. You can go listen to them. There's seven Hebrew words of praise. And the praise word for, you know, Judah is the word yada, which means to the raising of hands. We see that a lot, right? Raising of hands, right? That's what that praise word means when Judah. But it's cool, too, because that word has a second meaning, and I believe it's just a spiritual meaning of what it shows, how we raise our hands, and it's a sign of victory, because it also means to shoot an arrow or to throw a stone. That's also what it means, which I just mean it does that because simply because I believe it's just a prophetic sign of how when we raise our hands, we truly are, you know, once again, how it's warfare. And I'll share this before to our worship team. David was from Judah, right? He was from Judah, this place of praise and raising our hands, throwing a stone. And we know the famous story, Goliath, what did he use to take him down? He threw a stone. He threw a stone. He slung a stone at Goliath. Why? Because he was just, once again, he was just operating the way his tribe was. When all these other people, when Saul's like, do you need this armor? Do you need to wear this? Come on, man, you haven't been trained. You know, you've been, this guy, Goliath, has been in war. And David just says, no, I just have a sling and a rock. He would go down. Why? I'm telling you, Goliath and David are such, there's so much deep stuff about praise and worship in there for if you study it. But it's just, it's really cool to see that though. David coming out of this tribe, which means that, and he simply does that. It's a beautiful thing. 
and Judah 49, uh, God blesses, uh, I mean, Jacob blesses Judah. It says, as a young lion, he has finished eating his prey like a lion. He crouches and lies down. The scepter would not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of one who it belongs and the one who all the nations honor which is talking about Jesus. Literally, it says to all the nations, there's going to come one person that's going to come out of Judah where all the nations honor, and it's Jesus. It's talking about Jesus here. So he's literally looking at his son Judah saying, dude, Jesus is going to come from you. You're going to give birth to Jesus. It's just, man, that's so good. And just fast forward, and you know, I believe that's why it's a, a prophetic picture of it's a prophetic picture how people say the line of Judah and Jesus is the line of Judah. I believe Jacob just said it right there. Just It's all about this warfare. It's all about just Jesus winning the battle. I shared it before. You know, God said, send Judah first. He says, send Judah. Really all now he's saying, God's saying, hey, I sent Jesus before you already. <laughs> Literally, God is saying, hey, send Judah first. And he's saying, I sent Judah already before you. I sent Jesus, the one the nations will honor, the one that the scepter would never depart from. I sent him before you already. It's so good. He already sent before us. I'm telling you, we need to walk in this though. Like I said, how is it? How do we maintain our victories? I'm telling you, if you're a person who's up and down with emotions, up and down with feelings, one day you're like, I'm telling you, you maintain your victory of knowing what tribe you're from, knowing who you belong to, and you belong to Jesus. You belong to, that's why I believe it's celebration. You know, you raise your hands, you go to a football game, hey, yeah, we won, we won. You know, that's why I believe we're from that tribe because we're constantly celebrating. We're constantly celebrating your victory. Sometimes I believe people get it mixed up of like, you know, we talk about not doing stuff for the kingdom, not doing something. And I believe people get it mixed up sometimes. And sometimes I believe people can try to say, I'm doing praise for my victory. And people can start doing praise. And that's why some people get wary and they get tired because they're literally like, I'm just doing praise. I'm trying to do something to maintain victory. But once again, it's a victory that comes from knowing who you belong to. And that's the byproduct of the raising of hands. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read this real quick because I really just feel once again, like to understand that we need to just walk in this daily for real every day. Like I said, we're not up and down people with emotions. We're not up and down thinking like, man, the enemy's attacking me today. Yesterday he wasn't, but today who is, he's rough. You know, it's like, no, we can have joy every day and we can walk in this every day as, real, as long as we establish this in our life. <clears throat> And Judges 1, through, uh, Judges 1, 1 through 2, it says, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Which tribe should we go to? And he said, Basically, Judah, I've given the victory. I've given Judah, I've given Judah the victory over the land. He's given it to us already. Like I said, he sent Jesus first. Psalms 108, 8, Judah, my scepter, will produce my kings. I love it because we're called to be kings. <laughs> yes, we're called to be priests. Once again, priests is just, just to give you. Priest is just, once again, stewarding the presence of God. And priesthood is also your relationship with Jesus. But, man, seriously, we're called to produce kings. And we're also called to be a king, which means we steward the land. Wherever we're at, workplace, Walmart, uh, H-E-B, wherever it's at, gas stations, we're called to take authority over the land. So when I went to that gas station, guess what? I wasn't like, man, this place is, you know, whatever, it has this and that. No. I'm like, dude, I'm the person in authority here. I carry the scepter here. 
So wherever, wherever I'm at, hey, if I see this person that deals with this, hey, guess what? I carry the scepter. I'm the king in a sense, you know what I mean? But, you know, we belong to the one that's the true king over everything. And we walk there and we produce another king. We produce, we reproduce this. That's what I'm saying. You're not just called to just sit somewhere. You're called to produce something. You're called to reproduce this in your life. And the only way you can reproduce this is if you have it in your own life. And you're called to reproduce this. Man, thank you, Jesus. And so like I was saying, just going forward, just understand this is the tribe that we belong to. This is the tribe uh, that we can truly walk in daily. Like if you're, if you're a person, if you know anybody, encourage them. It's about knowing who you belong to. So many times, like I said, people can't maintain their victory sometimes. Saul won so many, but he won battles. He won battles as king, but he could not maintain that victory he won. And how many times that happens to us sometimes? We get prayer from somebody, awesome, wrecked, we get wrecked. But then days later, we're just an emotional person, roller coaster again, because we can't maintain that victory that we just received. And the way, once again, the way we maintain it, I'm telling you, it's through your, it's through your celebration. It's through you knowing that, dude, Jesus already paid this price for me. I like to tell people sometimes that praise is like self-deliverance. Praise is like deliverance. We don't need someone laying hands on you. It's encouraging yourself. It's encouraging, you know, knowing who you are and who you belong to. That's what it's about. When you praise, I'm just, I'm just celebrating <laughs> what Jesus has done for me. Like he said, send Judah. Send Jesus. <laughs> if there's a battle, just tell yourself, send Jesus. I'm sending Jesus ahead of me. I'm sending him. And I think John there was saying, it was like, you know, I'm gonna, the way I show my belief is like raising, you know, celebrating. But man, can we just stand up to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Man. <laughs> There's so much joy in trusting Jesus. That we can maintain our victory, like I said, we don't have to walk out of this place or the next day or anything and not maintain a victory that, the, that Jesus has already won for us. Man, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hey, Nicole, you want to get on the keys real quick? Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord.